Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into The Pursuit. Today on the show, we're bringing back Andrew Courier to talk about his second part of riding his bike across the United States. Before we hop into this episode, I'm going to give Andrew a few minutes to talk about Charity Water, an organization he's fundraising for his bike ride across the country. I chose Charity Water because I had seen a video for it on YouTube. It was literally just an ad, and I watched this entire 20-minute ad about Charity Water because I was just so impressed with how the charity worked. And it wasn't until I was riding through the desert, I thought back to like that book that I read in like seventh grade, A Long Walk to Water, and the Charity Water video that I'd seen on YouTube, and I was like, I really need to make something like that happen. I was riding through the desert to get to Jackson, Wyoming, and I got there, and that night I set up the charity water, and I had a goal of $10,000. Yeah, I think it was a good choice. There's a link for it in my Instagram bio. Well, that was Andrew talking about charity water. We'll include a link to it in the description below, and we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. My name's Adam Melamed, and welcome to The Pursuit. Whether you're outside getting some fresh air, or hanging out with friends. Get ready to be happier. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on the show again. Super excited to have you back. How's it going? Good, man. So tell the listeners where you are currently. I know you were in South Dakota last time we spoke. I'm in Oakland, California now, and in between that time I spoke from you, I was in the middle of South Dakota, I was about to start like the really big adventure because I was going into the middle of nowhere and there's like massive gaps between towns, like 70 miles, I had to carry so much water and I ended up riding at night most of the time because it was so hot until I got to the Badlands and then Rapid City and then up in the Black Hills, Mount Rushmore and then down into Wyoming and the Devil's Tower and across the deserts of the mountains of Wyoming. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that you made it through Colorado and you're climbing up some of the passes that were almost 10,000 feet. How was that? That was Wyoming. Wyoming, sorry. But it was, those were crazy. Like, honestly, some of the mountain passes I've came over, not really mountain passes, they're just hills in California or like way harder than like some of the hills twice the size in Wyoming because those ones are like graded and you can climb them so easily mm-hmm. but like the one here in California just go straight up and they're super hard yeah so after after Wyoming what was the route they ended up taking did you go through Colorado then through Oregon down to California or what did you end up doing I went over it's like I went kind of more of the northern route through Wyoming and then mm-hmm. I went over into like the southern portion of Yellowstone and I went to Jackson, Wyoming and I got a place to stay there. I was very lucky because there was one warm shower supposed to call me in like the nick of time. I was going to sleep in a church because it was supposed to be like 20 degrees that night and I was wow. like kind of freaking out because I hadn't even bought the down jacket that I now have and like I'm so happy I have because mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to be in the cold whatsoever but after that, I went over the mountain pass. They had this awesome bike path that goes like right up over it. And then I dropped down into Idaho. And then in Idaho, I rode across the Arco Desert. It was like a nuclear power plant out there. It's 
really crazy place. And then I went up into the mountains of Idaho and did a hot springs loop off road hmm. 200 miles. And that easily had to have been like my favorite part of the trip, like the hot springs. It's so dark out there. It's so, like the stars and it was awesome. That's awesome, dude. Well, did you run any bumps on the road or any challenges or anything along that second part? I actually didn't get a flat tire until I entered those mountains in mm. Idaho. So all the way from New York to Idaho, I didn't get a flat tire. And like I noticed my tire was worn and I was going to go off road for 200 miles. So I bought a new tire. And then 20 minutes after that new tire was installed, I got my first flat the entire trip. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You're what, 2,000 miles in, first flat. Those were pretty reliable. <laughs> Well, I when I heard goat heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I saw along your way, I was following you on Instagram, you know, watching your journey as you went. And I saw that you went, you met up with some people at different bike shops that were giving you a bunch of support. Do you want to talk on some of those experiences? I mean, like the bike shops is one thing. Like there's definitely just like some nice, good people at bike shops. And like, especially like the one in Wyoming, they didn't have a mechanic in there. And I'm a mechanic myself, so, like, they just let me stop and work in there. But the other experience with the bike shop was in Eugene, Oregon, because I ended up not even riding across most of Oregon. I had a friend who lived in the town of Eugene. He moved there from Buffalo. He picked me up from across the state and drove me because the wildfires were so bad. Mm -hmm. I couldn't ride my bike at all. It was, like, dangerous to be riding my bike. So I went to Eugene, and I was posted up there for two and a half weeks and I there was a job listing for this a, a mechanic position posted two days before I came in town and I got it immediately and I learned so much there because I was working full-time for two weeks and they I wasn't even comfortable like truing wheels and straightening them and it's just something that I can do so easily now and mm -hmm. it's great that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I should have mentioned the wildfires. That was definitely a huge obstacle, I'm sure, coming through the coast. Yeah. I honestly, like, from I went through a lot of places that had, like, previously burned, and I was surprised at how not bad it looked. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was in the Medford Ashland Valley, and apparently they had a huge wildfire sweep through there, like, none of the trees were burnt. I think it's like the, the Madrone trees really don't burn that much. Mm -hmm. But, like, none of the trees were burnt to the ground. It was just all the grass and everything else. Like, but then there were just tons of just like RV parks that were just destroyed. And that was like super sad because I like biked through a ton of that. But mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we're glad to hear that, that you, you made it safe and sound. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's been a few weeks since we've spoken, but I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, you're in Oakland. You made it east to west all the way across country. And, Sounds like you got some big, big trips that you're planning on doing soon. Super exciting. Because going to San Francisco was the original plan, but now that my friend can't pick me up, I'm just thinking, why not go to South America? I want to go down there. Why not keep riding? I have money and I can do it. And everything's worked out until now. So why not? Why not? Exactly. That's super exciting, man. Well, today I wanted to bring you back and talk about and reflect on your experience biking across the country, you know, talk about some of the biggest takeaways you've gotten from that experience, different encounters that you had. And if it definitely, if it changed your mindset or changed your perspective on daily life and, you know, so 
let's let's dive into it. What would you say was one of the biggest takeaways you got from this experience? Like, what'd you learn about yourself? I mean, I learned a lot more about this country and like how people actually are in this country. Like most people are out there and they'll actually, they want to help anyone, anyone who needs help, they'll help them usually. It's different in cities. Cause like, I was like trying to get on the BART subway the other day to get from Oakland to San Francisco. And I like asked a group of people, I was like, Hey, is this the train to Berkeley or Oakland or whatever? And they, they, they turned around and I was like, damn, I don't like the city. <laughs> These people aren't helpful, but like when I was in South Dakota and that was after I talked to you, I was like going through, there was like a 70 mile gap between a town. And I ran out of water and I asked some people, I was like, Hey, can I fill up my water bottles here? And they end up like giving me water and food. And then they're like, Oh, our neighbors 12 miles down the road have a bunkhouse. You could probably stay in tonight. Mm-hmm. And I end up having a bed and more free food. tonight, And that <laughs> was just awesome. It was just yeah. some people that I met along the road. There's been plenty of that that has happened, not just like the warm showers host that we've talked about. And that's already just like super generous people. They're also bike tourists, but just like random people along the way that help random people that give me money. And like, that's like another thing. There's a lot of random people that would give me money. And that's when I realized I was like, I don't need any of this money. I could donate this to charity. And I was thinking about that while I did the first episode with you mm-hmm. and I, I I had to start up because I was like riding through Wyoming and I was like I'm like in the middle of the desert and I don't even have to worry about where I'm going to find water next and there's kids who have to worry about that every day and I was like that's so privileged because it's like we go out and the only time we ever have to worry about finding clean water is a bike ride or a hike Mm-hmm. like some kid that's like a struggle every day and I was like it's so simple like you need water every day and I just remember the charity water things so I saw an ad for it on YouTube and they seem like the most like I looked it up and they're like the least corrupt charity around mm-hmm. and you get to see where your money goes and I think that's really important <laughs> I wanted to raise like ten thousand dollars but like I set the bar really high I got twelve fifty. And that's still it's better than good. zero though, right? It's, it's better than zero yeah. and it's going to a good cause. So, you know, you're doing, you're doing the right thing yeah. by thinking of others and being able to, you know, provide and give back to the community. It's a good decision that I did that. I'm happy that mm-hmm. I did that. I needed to do something like that. I think talking a little bit more about some of those experiences and encounters you had along the way, were there any, any individuals or encounters that stood out from since last time um, we spoke? Well, actually like a really recent one when I was, so I've been coming down like the California coast for probably like two weeks now. I've been taking like the craziest route possible. Like I pretty much have across the entire, <laughs> across America. Like I'm taking like back roads and gravel roads and up the mountain so I can see the view or, just the cool way the less traveled way is the way I always want to take and I took Mm -hmm. the lost coast route which is just this like these insane mountains and like super remote part of northern California and the road is in like super bad condition and there's a whole bunch of other people that I met that were also touring down the highway and none of them took the routes that I took and so like I was like kind of like we're playing leapfrog for like a week and on this last night 
the last night before people made the final push to San Francisco. It's like most people who I meet out here riding from Seattle to San Francisco. There's two girls that are riding from Oregon to San Diego. And I had met them the last day because like we've been playing leapfrog and I met them and they were riding for their friend Renlo who was killed in San Diego on his bike. And he was kind of trying to do like a journey similar to mine. And Mm -hmm. he just had like a lot of qualities similar to me. And I remember she was telling the story about him. It's like the thing they said about it was like, oh, like he always had like this curiosity about like death. He's like always thought he would like die early. And, and like, it was just reminding me of myself while she was telling me the story. And I was like, that's very creepy. And she's like, oh yeah, he reminds me a lot of you. And I'm like, okay. She was like writing for that. And like their friend Cameron was like an advocate for like sustainability he like tried to use like as least amount of like plastic and like everything like he had dreams of making stuff like that happen and it seemed like from him dying his message has just gotten even stronger and that's like something I've been really interested in for a long time and just like seeing those girls and hearing that story again like really reminded me of that and that was mm-hmm. just that was just like two days ago mm-hmm yeah but yeah that's one story that really stuck out and that was like some of the first people i've actually rode with this entire trip who were also bike touring because mm-hmm. i haven't really seen anyone because i've been out in the middle of nowhere by myself most <laughs> of <laughs> yeah i'm curious you know having the the ability and freedom to kind of do as you may you know riding from spot to spot yeah. taking the different routes that you wanted to take what was something you really enjoyed about that experience I mean, like you said, the freedom of it, like I can do whatever I want. There's no time constraints, but at the same time, like I kind of put those on myself for some reason. Cause if I don't, I'm going to be like going in circles and like all around and <laughs> it's just going to be like me doing whatever the hell I want and I'm never going to get anywhere. But mm-hmm. it was, it's just awesome. Like, I don't even know how to describe it because I'm like by myself. I don't have to go at anyone else's pace. And that's mm-hmm. something I really like. Cause like if I'm off road and like on a really scenic road up a nice climb, like I'll go slow. And <laughs> if I'm on the highway. I'm just blasting. I'm going as fast as I can because riding the highway isn't super fun. Mm-hmm. And I just want to get it done. But it's still Highway 1 and 101 is so beautiful. There's so much to see because you're going along the ocean. Like water has been like the biggest thing of this ride. Because it's like I ride around water. I ride over water. I ride next to water. I drink water. I am Mm -hmm. water. (laughs) So like water has been a huge part of this ride. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's 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 the theme. That's the theme of the journey, right? Yeah. It's like one thing like someone was talking about last night where they're talking about iodine tablets. Like it was super cool because like I came into San Francisco and I've met all these people that I've seen in videos like the fixed gear, like bombing the hills in San Francisco Mm -hmm. videos I've watched for so many years. And I come here and I've met all these people in like three days. Yeah, it's so cool. And those people I remember like last night they were like talking about iodine tablets or something and it was like just filtering water and like I use a filter I've never used the little tablets but like mm-hmm. it's so nice because like filter water it gets you to like stop at a creek like you mm-hmm. have to find a creek you have to find a spot you can get down there 
and then you just have to stop and filter it for a second and you're just sitting by a creek and it's like wow this is really nice <laughs> may as well like jump in and look at it yeah i mean you got to travel and ride through a bunch of different states different national parks what would you say were some of the highlights of your trip as far as places you went i did really like the black hills in south dakota i was only up there for two days but like that was beautiful there was like actually like a few alpine lakes up there which i wasn't expecting and then when i went to the devil's tower i took this instead of taking either of the two highways that would have got me there faster i went straight over the mountain and took the gravel roads there and tried to go to like this fire tower it was already smoky there so i couldn't see anything at the top but mm-hmm. that was really cool and just going with mountain passes and then idaho the hot springs loop easily had to be my favorite part of the whole trip because I was riding off road for 200 miles and Mm. there was spring every night and it was dark and there were stars and not many people but like just enough so that like I could get food and like generally like people out there were like super cool because like they'd see what I was doing and they'd be like you're crazy (laughs) like what is wrong with you on your bicycle and then they're like are you hungry here's food here's this and that and they just give you whatever you need because they're just doing something so crazy Mm -hmm. let me ask you this Um, did you ever did you ever experience a sense of doubt or this idea that you shouldn't be doing this or were you wholeheartedly the whole time like I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get to San Francisco or Oakland and you know, I'm going to complete this. Yeah. I knew I'd get there. I mean, like maybe like at the beginning, it was like, it's just like such a long ways away. You can't really see it. But like, once you kind of start like getting into the journey, like you just, you kind of just melt into it and like, you know, it's going to, everything's going to be okay. And that's how it's been. Like, even if something's a disaster, like I get a flat, like when I was on the Lost Coast route, I was riding this mm-hmm. old coach road called the Usall Road and went over a huge rock. Like it was like mountain biking pretty much. I'm fully mm-hmm. loaded touring bike. I'm over a huge rock and just blew up my tire. Mm-hmm. And I like, like usually back at home, I'd get mad and be like, damn, I'm flat. Like I gotta, now I gotta deal with this. Now I don't worry about it at all. I'm like, okay, I can stop. I can fix this. Everything will be fine. Even if I don't, like someone will come through and help me yeah that's the best thing to think about like especially if you're in the middle of nowhere like someone can come help me but like there were still some dudes on dirt bikes past me while I was fixing my flat and they're like yo if you're still here when we're coming back we'll get you out of here and it was just like a good feeling but like I was able to ride out of there so Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you did learn a lot about yourself then right (laughs) I mean you learned how to be patient how to handle stress and these these situations that usually have been like, oh, this is this is just something I have to deal with. <laughs> Patience is the big one because the first week of the trip, I mean, I made it to Wisconsin in eight days and that was like almost 800 miles. And I was going from like 80 to 100 miles a day. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Wisconsin, I was burnt out. I had to stop for four days and I was super lucky because that one warm showers host who like just treated me like I was her growing son and like gave me gave me all the food she literally booked me a massage wow that that was back when I was like super sore like now nothing hurts like sometimes if I sleep weird it will hurt but like nothing hurts anymore 
because I like slept on a bed for the first time the past two nights in like three weeks and like I gotta leave like in like two days or else everything's gonna start hurting again so like you get used to like a soft bed mm. and yeah back and it like hurts it's not good yeah do you do you miss anything from daily life back home aside from family and friends I miss my fixie, like, especially like yeah. last night I went on a group ride with a bunch of people and like, they're all on the fixed gear bikes. I'm like, I miss my fixie, <laughs> <laughs> my bike that has no weight on it and one gear, no brakes. And it's mm-hmm. just fun. I mean, I probably, I definitely miss my mom's food and all the good teas that we have. I mean, there's definitely people on the road who will like give me tea, but like, just being able to like make it myself and like know where everything is and like have my own space. Like that's like a good, that's, I guess that's something I miss, but it's not too big a deal. seems like you've gotten pretty acclimated to being on the road and just going day by day. Yeah. I'm very used to it now. Mm-hmm. My mom like really, really wants to see me. Like she's like kind of, I mean, she's been like going kind of crazy the whole time because like she's my mom and I'm just mm-hmm. like her 18 year old like across the country by myself yeah and everything is going to be fine but she's not super stoked about me going to mexico by myself and she's like you should go with someone it's like oh like when i hear that i'm like i'd want to go with someone i want to go by myself because i like riding by myself like i remember when like i talked to you like at the beginning it was the one girl that wanted to go on this trip with me yeah yeah and that was like i couldn't imagine because I wasn't even patient with myself before I left that trip. I There was no way I could have been patient with her. That was mm-hmm. just like, just crazy. But like, I wouldn't want to deal with another person. It's way easier for me to just deal with myself. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this next voyage, this next journey that you're planning on going on. So you, you went from New York to San Francisco. And now your plan is to go from San Francisco down to South America. Yes, I'd love to do that and go through. I don't really know which way I'm going to take through Mexico because I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get across a lot of the borders because apparently like land crossings are stricter, but people can like fly. And I really don't understand any of the situations. Like so many people, like I tell them about what I'm going to do and people are like, have you researched it? And like some people like have, it's like so conflicting, like bicycle tourists who tell me they're that I'm going down to Mexico by myself, like, oh, you're fine. People who have some people been down to Mexico is like, oh, you should be scared. Like, and then people who've never been to Mexico is like, oh, like you're going to Mexico. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. They're like so scared for me. And then there's like, I don't know which way I'm going to take. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm sure it'll get figured out and I'm sure I'll be fine. Made yeah. it this far. So have you been to Mexico before? Or is this your first time going? I've never been down there. I've never even been to this part of California before. I've been to, I was in Northern California last year, but everything has been new. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about going down the Baja Divide and usually people take an off-road route there, but I can't, my bike wouldn't be able to handle that. So I'd probably take the highway down there. Apparently it's a very sketchy highway, but it's doable. And take that to the bottom of the Baja Peninsula and then go to mainland Mexico and then go south. And I've heard El Salvador is like completely closed, but I can like go around that if I need to. And then there's like, for example, there's the Darien Gap and that's like the gap 
of the jungle, like 90 miles, like you can't drive through there. You could fly over it. You could take a ship around. But the dude that I met, like I'd been following for so long and like the guy in the film, like Lucas Brunel, they made this movie called Line of Sight and it like pretty much inspired me to ride bikes, like from the beginning, like get my fixie and then I got my mountain bike. And like, that was like the first thing that I really saw. I was like, wow, like bikes are super cool. And I met one of the dudes who like been in those videos and he actually, they went through the Darien Gap with their mm-hmm. bikes. And they, in the movie, like he told me, it's like, oh, we made it look like we rode our bikes, but really we were just like either hiking through the jungle with machetes and taking river boats and random Jeep rides. And I was like, wow, I don't think I want to do that adventure because I've had enough hike a bike on this, on my own yeah. adventure. So you're still planning to do it solo? Yeah, I mean, unless there's some nice girl that wants to do it with me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have patience for anyone else. (laughs) Even though I do. I I do have a lot more patience now than when I started the trip. But, like, Uh I just enjoy being by myself and being able to go at whatever pace I want. Yeah. Andrew, I do have to say you are... You know, it is, it is a crazy idea to go down there on your own, but it seems like you're very determined and you're going to make it happen. And so once you once you make it down to South America, oh, yeah. we're going to have to record another episode and talk about that whole experience, because I'm sure it's going to be quite different than going through the States. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting going through the States and just like being all the different perspectives on like covid and like our situation our country currently like that was like the main thing like most people like i was like expecting like warm showers host not to be hosting at all but like there's only been one person in california plus my friend at berkeley who really wouldn't let me stay in their house because of covid Mm -hmm. and i was really surprised by that and just like seeing like the different perspectives across the country like i remember when i was in it was pretty much from like Minnesota to I think Jackson, Wyoming. I didn't see anyone wearing a mask. I didn't have oh. to wear a mask myself if I didn't want to. And most of the time I didn't. And like definitely in California, more people have seen it have an impact on people. Something that I want to end on with this, this part of the journey, because I know you have another trip lined up and I'm very excited to learn more about that. But what would you say to people that are planning on starting a journey, starting a new chapter in life, starting some kind of project, but are struggling, who have not necessarily done so? So I know that you spent the past two months biking across the country. I'm sure there was some planning involved, but I remember when we spoke last time, you just said, why not? Why not do it? That's how I am with most everything. Like if you have an idea and it seems good enough and you want to see it happen, just do it like don't think about like why it wouldn't why it would work why it wouldn't work just do it try like that's what you should do it's like people who are going to go on a bike tour like usually it's always it's the starting that's the hardest part like once you get out here and start doing it it gets it just gets easier and easier but like it's the acquiring the gear and like like figuring out what you need and what you don't need but like the real key to doing it and figuring it out is just doing it And that's what it is with most everything in life. You just got to do it to find out. And I mean, that's kind of the attitude I've always had with things. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it worked out pretty well for me. 
And I think it would work out for more people if they just stopped worrying. Like my brother would stuff like that. Like he wouldn't do things because he'd be worried about it. And I'm like, you think I biked across the country and it didn't hurt Ryan? Like, like go outside and run. It's like in his head. Most people, everything's in their head. It's like there was a time like when I was coming on the headlands, I crashed. And it's like, yeah, it hurts. But like, I mean, I only have one option to ride my bike out of there. So it's like, you may as well not like be all in your head thinking like, oh, this is bad. This isn't good. Just be like, excuse my language, but fuck it. Keep going. (laughs) You got to do it. Do what you got to do. Seriously. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, you know, those first eight days were challenging. I mean, you were biking 80 to 100 miles every day, but the more Mm -hmm. you did it, right, the more your body and your mind adapted and adjusted. And like you said, now it's just it's just normal for you. You mean you're going to yeah. be going down to South America, which is how many miles is that? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't even know how many miles I've done this time in this trip. Someone told me yesterday that from here to Peru would be like 3,400. So that's like probably more than what I just did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're just going to do it and see where it goes, right? Yeah. should probably go visit my mom first. But yeah. like I am the timing is like so perfect because like I'm going down the coast and it's like getting colder as mm-hmm. I go well it was getting colder up north but like it, it just gets warmer as I go now and it's like just like like the temperature is just like nice like right now it's like 60 outside and it's probably not going to get over like 76 today and that's mm-hmm. like really reasonable temperatures and like it's like after riding in <laughs> 100 degree heat 95 degree heat a wet 70 is not pleasant either <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah california temp is pretty nice yeah i'm pretty happy to have made it to california i still can't believe that i'm here <laughs> well i think to end on this last question here between now and next time we speak what is there something you look forward to i mean just like the seeing the other culture like as most people are like saying to me like i should be scared and I've seen like I've met like a lot of bike tourists that like if they say someone some local tells them like don't go to this town it's like it's dangerous they go there and they mm-hmm. meet the nice people and those people like the next town like be careful the next town like they go to the next town and it's like I just want to prove everyone wrong like I know there's mm-hmm. like still bad stuff going on in this world but like really everyone is like nice mm-hmm. and like I'm sure I'll be fine I'm sure I'll encounter all the people that I need to encounter and I won't encounter the people that I don't want to see because mm-hmm. you, you attract what you put out. Yeah. There you go, man. So. I love to hear it. Well, Andrew, it was, you know, it was a pleasure talking with you again and I'm very excited to see how this next adventure goes. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in California and hopefully you make it to the beach, hang out for a little bit. I haven't jumped in the ocean yet. I need to. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to try it out, jumping in up in Northern California versus Southern California. The water changes quite a bit in temperature. <laughs> it was great chatting again, and, you know, stay safe and keep it up. You're doing a great job. Yeah, dude. Awesome being on the podcast. <laughs> All right, man. Peace out. It was a pleasure having Andrew Courier on the podcast again. After we recorded the podcast, he informed me that he was going to be biking from San Francisco down to San Diego and that he'd be coming to San Luis Obispo. 
Andrew actually stayed with us down slow for a few days. We got to take him to the ocean and show him around some of our favorite spots. It was really cool again to connect with him and learn a little bit more about his experience and hearing some more stories from his journey. If you guys would like to donate to Charity Water, we'll include the link in the description below. Give us a follow on our social medias at The Pursuit Podcast Official on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our website, thepursuitofficial.com. And we hope you guys have a fantastic day. Stay safe, everyone.